You can call me stupid Yes, you can call me sheep You can say I And we welcome you into this bonus edition of Making Sense here on the localrundown.com across all podcast platforms. Uh, happy to have our iTunes listeners along with us today. Along with me today is not Caleb Perrinet. He's usually here, but our bonus edition features the owner of Joshua's Fine Jewelry and Alderman, the Alderman from Alderon, Nathan George. Nathan, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? I've uh, waited a long time to get a feature on this podcast. I listen to you guys every time you put one out and uh, just really excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. And of course, it's uh, no uh, it is no surprise to anyone. And it's no mistake that today's bonus podcast is brought to you by Joshua's Fine Jewelry over on West Main Street. I have said I have sang their praises and I'm not just saying this because Nathan is here. The best in town. Did you know, Nathan, I'm sure you know this, one of the top custom designers in the entire country for the uh, software that they use for that you use is actually in your store. One of the best in the entire country. It's right here for custom design at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in Russellville. I did know that. I hired her. Her name is Abby Duvall and she is amazing. She is absolutely great and you cannot miss an opportunity to start your story at Joshua's Fine Jewelry. Go like and share the Facebook page. It's joshuasfinejewelry.com and the address please... 310 West Main Street in Russellville, Arkansas. So you and I have been wanting to do this for a while. Yes. Um, and a lot of the things that we have been talking about on the podcast are things that we talk about um, yeah, all over, the time. Yeah. Uh, over coffee or out on the front porch. Yeah. We have conversations about this all the time. Yeah. And one of the things that you were wanting to talk about today, we'll give you uh, kind of the rundown <laughs> of the stuff that we are talking about <laughs> today. Um, one of the things that this podcast has really harped on, and it's been completely incidental. It's not something that we really meant to harp on. It's just kind of something that we've thought about is uh, the confirmation bias, this idea of looking for affirmation as opposed to information. And it really goes back to the podcast that we put out on Monday talking about living in the land of extremes Mm -hmm. and extreme rhetoric. Rhetoric. You and I are going to get into that a little bit later on. Also, Also, though... Also, though, you and I are going to talk about one of the biggest stories that we have done um, as far as numbers go, and that is the Russellville Aquatic Center. We're going to break this thing down locally and talk about the fact that the exact same problem that we have nationally as as it pertains to rhetoric has filtered itself down to the city level. And the Aquatic Center is a great great example of that yes yes very much so So we will get into all of that first off nathan a couple of a uh, couple of quick housekeeping things for people that don't know you tell us about you i my name is nathan george i uh manage and run joshua's fine jewelry along with my dad and several uh we've got several employees there that are just amazing great um, local business yes it's uh the local support local business uh they paid taxes to keep the streets and fire and police and a lot of other things going. Um, we can be internet prices. So you don't even have to compete necessarily with, uh, that. Uh, if you're looking online, check us out. Um, shameless plug. Uh, I have a wife, uh, Amanda and a daughter, Anastasia. She's two. 
Uh, and she is learning how to uh, pee pee in the potty. All right. Yeah. And Uncle Drew is her favorite if he brings a cookie. Yes. Uh, gifts are my daughter's love language. Yeah. So, yeah. At receiving gifts. Yeah. Yeah. No, your daughter's love yeah. language. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you also sit on the Russell City Council. Yes. You were, you mm-hmm. were uh, brought on in January. You ran unopposed. I uh, did. I, I won on a landslide. Landslide victory. You know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to lose when no one votes for your opponent. <laughs> exactly. And that's really inc- that's inc- monumental, yeah. monumental yeah. political victory for your yes, first time my out. first time out. It's like Jed Bar. Bartlett, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, Jed Bartlett. Uh, please be aware of the many, many West Wing references that might occur throughout this yeah, podcast. I today. hear you even have a West Wing tone. I do. The West Wing <laughs> theme song is my ringtone, so it is what it is. Uh, I bring that up only because um, you are officially part of the government. I am. And I know that that may sound strange to you even saying that out loud yeah. for as long as I've known you. And, and if anybody's ever seen me, it's like, are, what? What? You? <laughs> you you are a lawmaker? Yeah. yeah. We're moving. Yeah. You know, I've never even seen you wear a tie. <laughs> I've never seen you without a hair sack. Um, uh, or a beanie, as or I like to call it. beanie, hair yeah. sack, whatever. Uh, the thing that I wanted to bring up to you, though, um, as somebody who serves in local government and who also has very um, strong political opinions. Okay. Um, is this idea of confirmation bias yes. and this idea of rhetoric, because yeah. we have talked about it on this podcast a lot. Um, and, and it's interesting to me because we, we, we brought it back up this week because of what happened in Virginia last week okay. with the shooting of yeah. Representative Steve Scalise. Yes. And the suspect in that shooting, James Hodkinson, uh, had, you, you look through his social media and basically everything that you see yes. is anti. anti-Trump. Mm-hmm. I'm anti this. I'm anti that. And, and the problem with living inside that kind of extreme rhetoric is two things. One, when you are only exposed to that kind of negativity all at the time, you will skew your view of what the real world looks like. Yes. And the other side of that is that it will lead you to take action that is equally as extreme as the rhetoric that you're listening to. So my question, my question to start this conversation is, um, I have listened to a lot of podcasts about this. I've listened to a lot of commentary about this. And I have heard even members of Congress say that the mainstream media and politicians are the two biggest contributing factors to what happened at that ballpark last week because of this extreme rhetoric. Do you feel that that's a necessary criticism? I I don't feel it's accurate. Um, I feel like confirmation bias is the the cause of that. I mean, if you believe that Donald Trump is the worst person ever of all time and you seek out information confirming that true or not, then that is going to escalate. So... CNN doesn't say Donald Trump is the worst person of ever of all time. Don't tell some of our Facebook people that. Okay. I, I mean, I, I understand that news organizations tend to have a certain bias. Uh, and that's not what bothers me. What bothers me is their un- unconfirmation of their own bias. So if you say that you are fair and balanced and fair and balanced, and are not fair and balanced, then 
you're lying. I mean, that, like if you don't offer the same coverage and um, respect and uh, benefit of the doubt to either side, then you have a bias and you should at least be honest about the bias. I think the American people would respect someone more for saying, you know, I really I don't support Republican or Democrat ideals. Uh, but here is the news about this. And yes, I have a, a slant of my own. My own personal feelings are conservative or my own personal feelings are uh, liberal. But here is the information as I have received it. And I'm giving it back to you unfettered without that bias. But I'm telling you up front, this is what this is my personal bias. I have a lot more respect for someone like Jake Tapper, for instance, or another CNN guy and content partner in the local rundown or, uh, Shepard Smith. Yeah. Fox news. You know, so when he, he's obviously conservative, like, but he has stood up to the, you know, conservative party uh, a few times here lately. Uh, and I, and I respect that in him, regardless of what I feel about his personal politics or, even on the other side, someone from MSNBC who's, you know, standing up to the Democrats, you know, Rachel I, res- Maddow I, respect, that I respect that. Mm-hmm. I may not agree or feel like what they're saying is necessary, but I do respect that if I know like your personal politics are one way, but you are giving the information as true as you possibly can from what you know. Uh, I think if we did that more, there would be less rhetoric from a negative standpoint. Yeah. But you said something at the very beginning of your answer. And that was, if you think that Donald Trump is the worst person ever, yes. and you started out with that, mm-hmm. my, my question then becomes, okay, well, how did you come to that conclusion? Uh, because I mean, if you look, I, I will tell you that the 2016 election is a fantastic case study for future journalism students on how not to do anything. Yeah. Uh, when you looked at how the Hillary Clinton email scandal was yeah. handled from mm-hmm. a mainstream media perspective, Mm -hmm. when you look at the coverage that Donald Trump got Mm -hmm. disproportionate um, for the things that he was doing, um, it's a fantastic case study on how not to do this. But how can you um, say, well, if you think this, when all you are receiving currently from most of the mainstream media outlets, despite what you may think politically, if you do your research, um, you may have a different opinion. But if you are only relying on, if you are only relying on what people tell you, then it would be very easy for somebody like Mr. Hawkinson or whatever his name was. I'm not even going to, you know, validate his name, you know, whatever that, that, that jerk was, you know, if, if, if he believes everything he's ever been told from the left, uh, because he was targeting right. Republicans. Yes. If he believes everything he's been told about this particular thing, then without doing his own research, it would be very easy to believe that Donald Trump is a fascist um, who who is hell-bent on tyranny. It would yes. be very easy to do that. Yes. Um, he's not necessarily seeking out affirmation anymore because the information that he was given was taint- uh, tainted to begin with. Well, and I also think that he wasn't necessarily sane either. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I don't think anybody who is like, sane can do something exactly. like that. Exactly. So, in a sense, we uh, we are putting the cart before the horse in blame. You know, the blame is fully on him because he committed the act. And it 
it's in the same light of does violent video game do violent video games cause more violent actions in young people uh you have to look at the whole situation uh if i I know that for me personally i had to stop listening to certain podcasts because every time i listened to them i would become angry and because i realized that in myself it wasn't helping me right and it was it was only hurting me and it wasn't making any positive change in mine or anyone else's life exactly and so i had to make a logical and and important decision in my own intake of what i listened to or watched so that i could be a better husband father jesus follower city council member you know right. what i'm saying like for me to do what i need to do that was keeping me distracted um and we all have to be that way in our own personal whatever affects us in a way that causes us to not see the truth but only confirm what we feel from an emotive standpoint and facebook doesn't help no because (laughs) it's really easy to create a web link that just has bullcrap pardon my french you know um on it that just says whatever anybody wants it to say and you can just click share without even reading it because it's got a fancy little headline and i'm i've been guilty of that everybody's been guilty of sharing something without reading it because you liked what the headline said um but we have to be more diligent as as media consumers uh or they'll continue to do it yo uh, there's one question about that i mean especially with the use of buzzwords Buzz phrases, or here's your first yeah. West Wing um, uh, the, what, what, uh, reference, reference. Yeah. Um, a 10-word answer. Yes, the 10-word um, answer. The 10-word answer. Um, we'll take a look at some uh, some rhetoric that you're hearing right now. Yeah. Um, when it came to Obamacare, the right always hammered home the fact that there was... Backroom dealings. It was a backroom <laughs> dealing, but not only that, you heard the great two-word phrase, death panel. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Which was a crock. Yeah. But now, and and, and, and I remember the left um, getting really pissed. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, well, there's no death panel in there. All you have to do is read the bill and, you, and you'll yeah. find out that it's not in there. And the wording was a little bit off. Yeah. And it could have been confusing because I did read that portion of the bill. Right. Uh, because I like to be informed and I like to be educated. Because you're now, a super nerd. I am a yeah. super nerd. I really <laughs> love this stuff. But, but we need more super nerds. That's the problem. Like, is being a super nerd, like, that's a compliment that I'm giving you. I will take um, it. And... Uh, you know, I, I nerds are going to run the world, and uh, we're we're well on yeah, our way. So <laughs> we're well on our way. I, I, we need more super nerds. I don't know if any of you have ever seen Idiocracy, but smart people need to keep having kids. Uh, I'm, I want to encourage all of you: if you have an IQ above a hundred, please have children. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to to finish um, to finish what you just said. Um, Oh my God! Um, the, the 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 buzzwords were um, death panel, but just make sure your alderman says if you're smart, procreate. Yes. Uh, what we were talking Good about, and we were talking about um, the whole death panel I- idea, and the left just chastised the right mm-hmm. and said, like, "Well, that's not what this is," and I can't believe that you're saying this because you clearly haven't read the bill and you haven't. But now mm-hmm. the left has their own buzzword and their own phrase, and and you will hear it in the in the new health care bill. Twenty three million Americans are going to lose their health insurance. Yes, that's what you hear. But you, to be completely honest, 
the the uh, is it the OMB or the what's the budget the uh, the Senate uh, Budget and Finance Committee is that what you're well talking about? who who is it? I forget the the acronym who is it that that the CBO yeah the yeah, C- yeah 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 so the CBO scored the previous health care bill that the Republicans brought in the House and it said if this passes this is how many people will voluntarily or lose without their consent coverage. Right. Uh, now, a lot of that is voluntary. Like, most people will say, if I don't have to buy insurance, I'm, I'm not, not going to. And that's okay. Like, and, But the left is taking that full number and saying 23 million people 23 are going to be million kicked off Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here's the picture that that paints. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party is currently in a back room somewhere deep in the U.S. Capitol. And Paul Ryan has his dark cloak on with his Grim Reaper stick. I don't even know what and you And he's checking off that. names. And he's just like, you're not getting insurance. You're not getting insurance. Oh, look, a child. <laughs> it's reverse Santa Claus. That's <laughs> not what's happening. That's not what's happening. They're not actively saying, I want these people to not have health insurance. In the same way that the left was not saying we get to decide who lives and who dies. Agreed. But that's the problem with living in extreme rhetoric. It's, it's ideology as well. Like uh, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. It, it's all well and good to have an ideology but but ideals don't work in the real world uh, because when, when put in the real world an ideal is faced with uh, Competition. It's faced with backlash. It's faced with other ideals. Other ideals. And and when when you the real uh, benefit of politics is compromise. And if we are unwilling to do that, which we have been for the last twenty years, which is the biggest issue, is that no, there are no people on either the left or the right that will say, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with your viewpoint, but. But this is important for the people. So can we come together and say, let's do this. Now, they'll do it for things that don't matter. Oh, all the time. All the time. They do it for things that don't matter all the time or things that seemingly make them more money. Mm-hmm. Like we see that. We, we all get frustrated by those things. But when it comes to something that affects one sixth of the American population, as healthcare does, um, like. Where where are the meetings? Where are the hearings? Where are the um, because it is somewhat of a backroom deal. The there have been no hearings based, uh, for this new healthcare proposal by the Senate. It is being discussed by only Republicans, from what we know. Uh, and so it's real easy to say, well, they're just trying to make the best deal for themselves and are going to throw it out before the. A holiday so they can say they did something. I mean, like that's the way it looks. That is the perception. So if that is untrue, then they need to step out and say, no, we just wanted to figure out if we could come to an agreement and bring something to the Democrat. Like if that's not true, then they need to show an openness to communicate and an openness to deal and work with both parties together. 
And I want, I want you to hold on to that thought for a few minutes okay. because there's a question that I have for a little bit later. But let's backtrack to 2009 when um, Obamacare actually starts getting rolled out. Gotcha. And you hear Joe Biden on the microphone say this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, at that time, the idea of Obamacare was so increasingly unpopular because it seemed as if this was a socialist mandate for purchasing health care. Yes. And the left did not do any favors to themselves True. by by not spinning it in a way that didn't seem like it was super socialist. Yeah, Democrats Be- uh, in general are terrible at winning. Right. Like- well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, another Aaron Sorkin show. Yes. You know why people yeah. hate liberals? Because they lose <laughs> all the time time, yeah. you know, and that was, that was the newsroom, mm-hmm. another great show. Yes. Thank you very much, Aaron Sorkin for existing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, but they didn't do a great job of spinning that. Right. And so you had this mass um, uprising against what people thought was going to be socialized medicine. And there wasn't a lot of information that came out about that beforehand. Mm-hmm. When we start to revisit the way that Obamacare was unveiled, the way that the health website rolled out, yep. which was a complete disaster, disaster. Yep. when you start looking at these two situations without rose-colored glasses on, you can actually start to see that that politicians um, on a federal level, when it pertains to a, a structure and a system that is as complicated as healthcare, even though some of our politicians may not think it's that complicated, um, when you get to that level, you end up making a lot of the same mistakes. And for the left, it's going to be very hard for them to hear that um, you already did the thing that you're accusing the Republicans of doing 10 years ago. And for the Republicans, it's going to be very hard for them to hear, hey, remember all of the stuff that you hated about the way they did it 10 years ago? You're doing that currently. Yeah. And the the issue with all of these things are, that the people who are most affected by it are not getting the information that they need. And have zero say. Exactly. They are only actually hearing what they're putting out to the news outlets Mm -hmm. through news releases, through their congressional aides, through their press offices, using these 10-word answers, using these buzzwords. And that is where the land of extreme rhetoric actually comes from. Because if I'm only trying to paint my side of the story, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Listen, if you are in a courtroom and you are being a Accused of something, or you're just arguing your case in the middle of a minor argument, you don't like to be wrong, and you certainly don't like to be told that you're doing the same thing that um, that your opponents were doing. Right. So this is where rhetoric comes from. Well, and I want to like just say from the city perspective, the the reason that people are untrusting of politicians is because politicians are generally. Um, slow with information because they don't want the court of public opinion to ruin something they feel may be good, whether they feel it may be good for them personally or good for the people as a whole. Um, and I feel like with our, our situations today with, uh, the ease of getting information, like any holding back of information you do is automatically seen as an untrustworthy thing or Re- you're hiding something. Yeah. Regardless of if it's good that people don't know about it. Right. right. You know, um, because it, it may not even be a serious, like it may just be a thought. 
You right. Know? Because that's how things start. Like if you want to, um, let's say, uh, get off of foreign oil and make solar energy the number one producer of energy in this country, like that has to be, there has to be something um, done about figuring out how much that would cost. There has to be do- something done about figuring out what that would do to the economies of other countries. You know, there's a whole lot of prep work that has to go into that. And if you like, if you don't want a mass freak out of everybody who works for an oil company or of the Arab countries that we buy oil from, like then you have to do that in a way that isn't just shouting to the mountaintops uh, because it may not ever happen. But, but at some point we, you know, as a country will have to go look for something like that just because oil is not going to last forever. Um, so in a sense, like I understand the desire to, uh, to not talk about something publicly because you don't want a panic or you don't want it to be, tried in the court of public opinion before you have enough information to give about it. But you have to be careful. You have to say, like with the city, if we want to do something, the reason that the aquatic center is, is quote unquote, somewhat unpopular right now is because the information about it that was given early on was one thing or was, or was thought to be one thing. It wasn't communicated enough correctly. And now what the expectations of the public were is somewhat different than what we actually have. Excellent segue, because we are just about to get into that. Mm -hmm. But we want to remind you that today's bonus podcast is brought to you by Sports Scene. Hey, they're your neighbors just right down the road from you, Josh. Yes, Bobby. Yeah, right right down the road from Joshua's Fine Jewelry. They did all of our local rundown t-shirts, polos, and they look fantastic. They do. I can't. You know what? When I uh, decide what to wear in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I need to look professional. I need to look good, and I need to look clean. And most of the time, if I don't achieve that, it's because of my face, but it's definitely Definitely not because of the T-shirts or the polos that Sports Scene put together for us. They absolutely look great. We got a couple of the Nike polos. Caleb's wearing yeah. one right now in our studio. He looks fantastic. I kind of want to take a picture of him. I'm going to take a picture he's of him. He's such a pretty man. He's just a pretty man, yeah. but he's even prettier because he got the Nike local rundown polo from Sports Scene right down the road from Joshua's on Main Street. Give him a call. Go by and see him and go and get all of your... Uh, they've got great sports equipment, cleats, uh, gloves. It's baseball season. If you're looking for all of those things, go by and see our friends at Sports Scene, proud sponsors of the local rundown Making Sense and of this bonus podcast. What you just brought up is something we were going to get into, and it's really interesting because um, there's there's some things that we like to do here at the local rundown. And one of those things is taking perception and really throwing a monkey wrench into it. Yeah. Um, a good story can really be screwed up with facts. And <laughs> we really like doing that. There's a difference in telling a good story and telling the story. And telling good. the real story. Right. Um, let's talk about the aquatic center. Now let's also make something very, very clear. So that um, uh, to, as to protect your political capital, Please. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what, however much that, is. right. However much that might be. Yeah. Um, you were not on the council when any of this was decided. No, no. But unfortunately, because of proximity and where you are now, you are going to be fielding a lot of questions yes. and probably a lot of heat yeah. from something that was not done by you. And actually, it's also fair to to mention that Phyllis Carruth, Phil Sims, um, 
and I'm not sure. I think everyone else, and maybe Eric Westcott, um, maybe Mark. I think Mark was on the council when this happened, but don't quote me on that. Because yeah. um, that, let you know. That's p- potentially half of the council that's sitting right now yeah. wasn't on the council right. when these decisions were made. And yes. I can't be certain. I have to look at the timeline on this. But I think that when this proposal was actually drawn up and passed, Mayor Eaton was still mayor. Yes. Uh, but I want to make sure that I get those those facts straight. Um, the, here's the problem with the Aquatic Center. And we're going to have a lengthy discussion about this, I'm sure. Um Here's rhetoric. Rhetoric number one, the city spent six and a half million dollars on a giant pool for Arkansas Tech, the Russellville High School swim team. Um, Three little things to play in as far as a splash pad goes and a therapy pool for old people. That's the rhetoric. Um, But when you say that the, the information didn't get out, here's the problem with that. And this is where I start talking to the public and saying this and this is not going to be popular. uh, This is kind of your fault. There were several public hearings that Matt caught. And, and if you like, if, if, first off, go and check out the local rundown.com yes. and go and check out the, the latest aquatic center story that yes. we did. You guys um, did a great job. The, the interview with Mac and, and some of the video in there, it really shows what the aquatic center is going to look like. But Mac directly at, addresses those concerns when he says, I think, first off, let's start from Clarksville. Clarksville back in 2000 and what, 13, 14, it may have been even earlier than that, um, built a brand new aquatic center. They the built fa- a water park. Essentially, it was a $10 million faci- facility, indoor and outdoor, and is the closest thing to a water park in this area. And it's really nice. It is. The Lazy River. I've been there I, a few I, times. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's amazing to me that the Lazy River is so popular when all you have to do is just sit in there and do nothing. Well, but now you know why it's so popular. I know. It's the <laughs> best. But because um, we're lazy, we and, love to sit and do nothing. And I like the river. So you've put my two favorites. Favorite things together. I don't have to drive to the Buffalo and be, you know, I worry can, about snakes. I, I can, can sit yeah. in my duck floaty and just <laughs> wait on down and everything be fine. Here's the problem with Clarksville. It's awesome. Yes, it really is. And when Russellville, the city of Russellville announced their plans for an aquatic center, perception was... Perception was, well, we're just going to get the thing that Clarksville got. Yes. The problem with that Mm -hmm. is that Mac Hollis, and he told us this in the interview, there were several public hearings about what the people wanted with the Aquatic Center. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to defend the public a little bit here, but not a whole lot. When you open a brand new shiny thing in another city, yes, and it's awesome, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, we would also like to have a brand new shiny thing in our city, mm-hmm. the first thing that's going to happen is people are going to compare, all right? Yes. And so you have to take a look at what that big shiny thing over there is and say, we need to make this better than the big shiny thing that they have and put that here. And that goes for anything. It's aquatic center, a new building, a new fire station, whatever it is, we want to be top of the line. Mm -hmm. Because when you are, you can attract better um, employees to that. You can attract tourism dollars. It's, it's It's just easier when you invest more money to do something bigger than somebody else. Yeah. Problem. Public hearing happens. And another public hearing happens. And another public hearing happens. And the people who are really wanting an aerobic and a therapy pool are the people who are standing up and shouting, we want a freaking aerobic and a therapy pool. The people who are wanting an outdoor park for their kids 
didn't come. And when you were presented with this information as a city builder, a city planner, a parks and rec director, and you say, well, these are the people who came to the public hearing. This must be what the public wants. Right. You have to really go by that. Now, there is some common sense that goes into this. Sure. And 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 some of that is... Hopefully, anyway. I mean, you know, yeah. some of that is, well, the, the, the attraction is obviously outdoor for families, but I'm at a loss because... They didn't come to the public hearing. Well, not only that, but from a financial standpoint, the outdoor facilities can only be open for a small amount of time. I think it's only open for to, 60 to 70 days yeah, uh, for Clarksville. 300 something days. You know. Now, the numbers on that, however, are going to be staggering. And I'll share them with you no, here in I just know. a moment. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's that's that was rhetoric. Number one, that the city didn't take into consideration what the people wanted when it pertained to the aquatic center. Well, they only got X amount of information. Now, once again, I do fault the city a little bit because you would say Clarksville is shiny and it has all of this. Let me just interrupt you here. This is why more young people with children need to run for city council because the perspective that I have versus the perspective that most of the other other city council members have and it's not because they're not intelligent it's not they're very intelligent it's not because they're they don't care it's because it's not their situation in life and generally we tend to want things to happen that affect us and if and even if you are in a political station you're you're really only going to feel mostly of what you're involved in and you're not going to think about the things off the top of your head well it might be better if we did this because it affects these people as well and as a politician uh you're going to listen to the squeakiest wheel he did air quotes by the way yeah. this is only audio so i need right. to make sure he yeah. know yeah. that you know he did I, air quotes as politician. just want everyone to know that i dressed for video today so uh, oh unquestionably <laughs> dress like you're going to a meeting that's right boom yeah um so and not only that but clarksville raised their taxes to be able to build the facility and we were not willing to do that but that was something that was also brought to the public, yes. was it not? Yeah. There have been a couple of different tax uh, increase proposals over the last few years yeah. for a lot of different things. We and decided we can, to spend our tax increases on infrastructure instead of a facility like that. And because the Clarksville's facility loses money, too. Like, you're, you're not going to make money in a in par- parks. Don't make money. Parks and rec don't make money. You're right. Uh-huh. Uh, but here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the original cost per year for the aquatic center the original number the very original number yeah was around 200 250 to 300,000 yeah. dollars our first story that we did way back in april Mac Hollis says uh, it could be 375 but it's probably going to be closer to 425 that's yeah. what the, that's what Mr. Hollis said that's what Mayor Horton said yeah our la- uh, we had a uh, and then my jaw was is just continually dropping because right. as someone who wasn't involved in the beginning I'm looking at this going Holy crap, or other words, and just several expletives. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where, where are we going to get this money? How was this not considered from the get go? Because I wasn't involved in it, I'm not saying I would have made a different decision. I probably wouldn't have, um, but I don't know. Maybe I would have asked the question. Maybe not. Like, can we guarantee that the price is not going to be the price? Because as a city council member, I'm not an architect. I'm not a contractor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an engineer. Like 
I, my job is to manage the people that are and take their information and hopefully I get it from people that I trust that are not trying to wheel and deal me, but that are truly saying what they're meaning. Uh, and, and I have to go to several different professionals and find out if this is a viable option because I don't know, but I am a manager and I am someone who is used to making decisions that are difficult. Right. And that's really the job is making difficult decisions. And well, sometimes and, you make good ones and sometimes you don't. And your decision is about to get a lot harder. Yeah. Because um, after that April meeting where we were given the number $425,000 yeah. at a city council meeting in the parking lot off the record, I had an alderman tell me it was closer to half a million dollars. Yeah. And then I asked Matt Hollis about that. And he said, well, yeah, it could be half a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Here's a problem with that. If it starts at $250,000 <clears> for an aquatic center that most of the people that we have heard from on Facebook, and they've been vocal, um, uh, <laughs> said they didn't want they but didn't want it like this again there's your bias let's wait and see when it opens and see how many people show up because it's real easy to say on facebook i hate this or i don't want to do this or this is stupid or you guys are idiots but if you talk to me face to face or any other city council member face to face and have a conversation and say you know why did you guys do that and let them tell you then you would be faced with the same exact decision and maybe make it yourself. Well, and that may be true. Empathy now, is out the window. But the question the question then becomes is, okay, that part aside, the cost of the facility was nearly $7 million on a $5.5 million cap. Yes. All right. So that in itself was alarming. Yes. The, the other part that is alarming is the fact that the operating costs have nearly doubled yes. as far as estimates go. Right. And when the city is looking at a potential budget crisis, which you can read all about on the local rundown.com, the <laughs> issue becomes where the hell is the money, the money going to come from? You're exactly right. And it may not just be the fact that perception was, well, we're getting an outdoor water park. You have to put that aside for just a minute. It's the fact that now the city looks like from from a purely objective view, we're going to build an aquatic center. We're going to spend one million dollars more than what we were planning on spending, because originally the the, the extra million, one point two million that was that was allotted for included that included operating costs for the first four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the tax increase came back up, it was going to offset all of that. Yeah. But you went a million over budget. Right. And then when you go a million over budget because of operating supplies or whatever else like that, you're now looking at potential loss. And the problem with that part is the Clarksville outdoor park in the 70 days that it's open makes $126,472 according to a report from the Arkansas times. Yes. The issue with that is that the projected income, which this is obviously going to change is only a hundred and twenty-five, two hundred and fifty thousand for the indoor. for the year for the indoor part yeah. for Russellville, which is a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar operating loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're already working from the red, right? I don't know that the aquatic center issue is so much about where's our outdoor park, especially when, especially when phase two apparently have the, the the drawings have been done the mayor says the drawings are done uh max says they will be unveiled uh the friday of the grand opening which yes. according to this recording would be next friday the 29th the 29th which would be a week from today then yeah. thursday mm-hmm. 
So you're going to get to see what the city is planning on doing for the outdoor park. But if you're an inquisitive mind, if you're curious, you're going, okay, those drawings are going to be sweet. We're already $350,000 in the hole on this project for the year, topping off with a $1.2 million excess. How are we going to pay for phase two? That's the issue. Okay, I'm going to give you an answer that may seem... uh, pie in the sky Uh, as a business owner sometimes I have to make decisions that may look like they're not very effective when it comes to cost because of things that I think may help me in the future and when I do that there's a major concern a worry or I have to spend money on something that I don't know if it will turn out and my projections, all the projections are negative, but still you take a chance. It's a risk factor. There is a risk factor in what you do in life, not just not just business, not just politics, but in life. And when you do that, you're you're taking a chance. But if you live your life based on fear and panic, you will never do anything worthy. That's true. This this aquatic this this center, started. this aquatic center, uh, may make four hundred thousand dollars a year. It might um, because people may be wowed by it. The small uh, number of negative. We have to always remember that the public as a whole, the minority is loudest. Generally people just go and do in life and they don't try to make too many waves and they try to take the best that they possibly can. And there are a lot of people that are excited about the indoor club. Unquestionably. A lot more than are vowing their frustration on Facebook. I could guarantee that. So my point is you always want to project high in cost and project low in income. Okay, that's that's fair enough. But what about value? When you take a look at Clarksville, an indoor and outdoor yearly pass comes out to about seven dollars less than two hundred, so about one hundred and ninety three dollars mm-hmm. for a person per year for the outdoor or indoor or the for whole both thing? for both. Okay, okay, um, it's fifty dollars or I can't I don't remember indoor and outdoor together for mm-hmm. the entire year is one hundred ninety three dollars for a person. Mm-hmm. It's three hundred dollars for the indoor alone at Russellville. Okay, when you start talking about value, our though, facilities around and I saw the projections. Our facility. The indoor facility is less money than one in Conway, Little Rock, Bentonville, Hot Springs. I've seen them. Like, I've seen the actual price costs of the other ones. And I was I sat in on the meetings at the um, um, Parks and Rec uh, Committee. Um, and so I know that ours is cheaper than those. Also, like you said earlier, when we do something for our city, we want it to be better than the ones around and our indoor facility is better than the one in Clarksville. So for instance, it's for a family of four, it is cheaper than other places around the area. Now, maybe not necessarily Clarksville, but again, Clarksville is fronting a lot of their costs with the tax that they charge, which we are not doing. So I, you, you have to have all of that information. You have to care about all that information to get any kind of um, full picture of this 
project. There's there's no question about what you're saying, and 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 you're right about that. But let's talk about it from a different angle. Um, we have said a lot on the local rundown, um, a phrase that I call economic leakage. Yes. And I'm noticing that that is bleeding through to city government because um, the city right. council has been using economic leakage a lot. Yeah. Okay. Now let's yeah, talk you about... go ahead and say that you're the reason for that. Um, <laughs> we're the reason for that. Okay. All right. So the, the, the here's the issue that, that I'm running into when, when you're talking about the aquatic center. If, you're, if you want to avoid economic leakage... Which is impossible. But if you are trying to curtail it. Yes. If something that the city is building. Um, is it possible, Nathan, that there are people who are still going to go and spend their money in Clarksville because they are unhappy with something that the city built that could have been economically viable for the city? I mean... If, if we're trying to curtail economic leakage, does the d- do the numbers really add up as it pertains to the Aquatic Center in Russellville? Is the perception correct? I mean, does this not look like a giant shot in the foot? Um, I'll say, is it possible that people are going to go to Clarksville that want to go to a water park? Yeah, because they want to go to a water park. But... I don't think they'll drive to Clarksville to use the indoor facility if they can use the one here. Okay, you're right about that. So, but I mean, yes. What about Hickey? We'll get, that doesn't cost as much. What I, We're keeping Hickey Pool open because it services a large number of people. We, we decided not to close Hickey Pool because there's a, a whole group of kids, especially in the summertime, that are not going to be able to drive or walk the two miles to... Uh, where the aquatic center is. So um, in a sense, we're also losing more because we could shut down Hickey and somewhat force people to go use the pool at the aquatic center. But we decided that it would be better for our citizens to leave Hickey pool open. And if at some point people decide that they would rather go to the aquatic center and those people stop using hickey pool then we may close it but that decision won't be made until we see how it works i mean people in government are not uh, out to make everybody's life harder like the job of government is to make the most value of life to the most people well you're not wrong about that but here's where the public might push back a little bit right okay so you have this aquatic center that's that was six and a half million dollars that's already operating at a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar loss um which costs six dollars no matter how old you are to get in yes when you can go to hickey and pay significantly less for an outdoor pool yes so we've, we not only have built this that doesn't seem cost effective we have competition within our own city within our own city that could potentially harm the revenue of this project that we already have Once again, I go back to my question. Does this not look like a giant shot in the foot? You have to look at the whole picture, Drew. Uh, Yeah, it's it's terrible that we've got projected costs that are way more than what we thought. Of course, that's a bad. But how does that even happen? I know you weren't there for that. It happens all the time. Like, have you ever tried to construct something and building a house? It happens. I'm not I'm not going to say that uh, the city council before me missed something because I don't know. Because I wasn't there. We'll and be- say it. And because, the city council before you missed and something. not only that, because I might have missed it too. Um, so, like, you you have to be able to put yourself in a person's 
position. I have to. You don't have to, but I have to. And because I'm someone who really believes in empathy and believes in putting yourself in someone's shoes before you walk into their decision making. Okay. Um, the public might say, is the government putting themselves in our shoes as it pertains to our taxpayer money? And when you I say, am. okay, I know yeah. you are, but yeah. the problem, the problem with this entire thing is, well, you, you don't know the cost of building something. Okay. You're, you're right about that, but I have built a house Yeah, and in two months, my, my, my estimated budget to run that particular household did not double. Right. We're going from April saying 250 to $300,000 to only half a million dollars just two months later. That's a big boo-boo in the middle of a budget crisis when the when the when the reserve that the city has is only a million dollars, which Caleb so eloquently pointed out on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, is only good for one month of city operating costs. Mm-hmm. This is an issue. I, I totally agree with you. And here's my um, what is the alternative? Do we just close down the aquatic center and lose the seven million dollars? You know what I mean? Like, is that, or do we leave it open and see how it works, see what kind of money it actually makes, and then go from there? We have to figure out what it's going to actually be. And like I've said this the other day as well, there's a difference in an, the, the, actu- the actual working and an ideal. There's a difference in the actual... Uh, management of something in the real world and the thoughts behind what could be. And until you actually work it for a time, you'll never know. So yeah, maybe there were some mistakes. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, But until we see what happens, we'll never know. We may, we may have to, we may have to, uh, I mean, we could still get Arkansas tech, involved in the in the funding we could still get uh, other groups and things involved in the funding uh we could there are a lot of things we can do to make money for that facility but it is almost guaranteed that it will always operate at a loss because it is a functional um pos- like a happy thing for for citizens like the city parks n- don't make money they're not supposed to. They're there for uh, bringing value to everyday life. Well, and once again, I'm not arguing that point. Mm-hmm. The point that I'm arguing is I don't think anybody has a problem with a park or a, even an aquatic center operating at a loss. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. Yeah. And then the problem that people have as it pertains to the dollars and cents was it was an estimated budget of $9 million originally. That included the outdoor part. Mm-hmm. Had to cut the outdoor part. All right? Yeah. $5.5 million cap went over budget by $1.1 million, which completely eliminated all of the offset operating costs for the next four years. All right? And then those operating costs may not have, even if they, they hadn't gone over budget, it now looks like that $1 million would have only sustained the, the, the facility for two years mm-hmm. as opposed to that four. So you're still potentially operating at a loss. But now when you're looking at potentially, let's just say a $500,000 on the high end, a $500,000 operating cost, if you make and let's just be let's be optimistic and say $200,000 in revenue, you're still operating at a $300,000 loss. And what people 
I think from a number standpoint are frustrated about is how did it go from here to 200,000 to here at 500,000 and nobody see that. That's what I think people are, are most frustrated about. And for me, I'm having, as a journalist, I'm having a hard time understanding how in two months it went from here to here, especially because when the budget has been a topic of conversation among many city councilmen, especially with the mayor, because he's been freaking out for about the last six months. For sure. Freddie Harris, I was afraid she was going to pull her poor hair out uh, over this budget issue. And now, and now we're just adding to that. So... There's there's a lot of different but going back to the original conversation, the rhetoric behind this, there's a legitimate issue to be spoke to be talked about here. And I think that's what most people will find is that in the middle of two extreme rhetorical statements, Mm -hmm. there is still a legitimate issue that needs to be discussed. Right. And the aquatic center is one of those things. No, the city did not build the aquatic center for old people, the high school and tech agreed. It did not happen. I saw a question on your Facebook page and someone asked if the uh, aquatic center was tied to the college and that is not true at all. Um, Did, do we want to visit with them about making it part of a student's, uh, you know, Yes, we would like to, uh, because it would help with costs if if we uh, put within the fees or tuition or whatever costs go on at, at Arkansas Tech, every, you know, and charge students a certain amount, and then they can get in with their ID without having to pay a pass or whatever, uh, and that would pay for a significant amount of the operating costs. But as of right now, none of that has happened, and we're not taking any money from Arkansas Tech. We're not taking any money from the school. Uh, I do, uh, let me, I do think that the Russellville School offered to buy a scoreboard. They did. And that's Because they are going to hold meets there, you know. At that's point. fine. You know, but that's, that's that's what it's for. Right. You, that, you, that, I mean, I mean, if people get pissed off about the fact that the school is going to use the facility, that's idiotic. Right. Because we, you know, it's there for that. It's a right. year round facility. That's a great, that's mm-hmm. a great use of that facility. Yeah. Uh, so there was that end. Mm-hmm. Uh, they built it for the school. It's a six million dollar bathtub. Um, the other oh, side right. of the other side of that is um, well, we have an aquatic center. Everything is wonderful. Everything is rosy. Uh-huh. Um, and no, the truth lies in the middle. It's, it's, Every time, anytime you hear somebody say something on one side, and someone says something about the other side, it's always in the middle. And no one will ever know the full truth except the people that were involved in the beginning. So to sit and speculate and to concern yourself with the the finer details, if you weren't involved, there is just it's not affecting your life in a positive way on a daily basis. And that's like I said earlier. That's why I had to get out of some things that I was listening to on a regular basis because I, what can I do about these little things in the, or these major things that are going on in the world? I'm just Nathan George in Russellville, Arkansas, and I'm not the only one. So, you know, not even no, not only the, just that, not only the (laughs) The only Nathan George. George, Right. And so for me to concern and worry myself with those things, instead of what I can do on a daily basis in my zone, which does happen to be now the political area of Russellville. And like what I would like for people to do is, and I know this is hard because of the way things are going on nationally is to be able to say, you know what? 
I've seen that guy. I've shopped at his store. He's always treated me right. Uh, if, if, I, if they ever made a mistake, they try to do their best to make it right. And you know what? I'm going to trust him to make decisions for me and my family in what goes on in the city. And, and I know that that's difficult. It's, and I know it was difficult for me because that's why I got into it in the first place uh, is because I, there was nobody like me on the city council. And, and so I really didn't not trust them as people, but trust them to know what I right. was going through on a daily right. basis. And so I, what I would say to you is if you don't trust the people that are involved in your government, then get on the government, get in the, in the game, you know, run for city council or get on a committee that deals with yeah. the aquatic center or, you know what I'm saying? Like, or if you got, if you're frustrated about the library or the, the dog pound or the water treatment plant or anything, get on a committee, do something, get off your butt yeah. and Beep. stop sitting on Facebook and complaining about it. And let's do something. Exactly. And you and I have had this conversation before. Uh, the local rundown actually stemmed from one of these conversations. Yeah. And I was really proud of you, even though, like when you ran for for city council. I ran you, last year. You yeah. ran last year. And and like, I think you have a better um, way to affect things positively in the community by doing this than if you'd had one on city council because I'm on city council now and I know how slow it and things work. And I know how it takes a lot of communication, a lot of like, like in my business, if I want to make a decision, I just, Boom. I decide. And, and then you get, and then you do it. And, but when it comes to politics, there has, there's gotta be this and that, and you know, talk over here and you can't talk about this because you don't know the true. And then there's this. And until you get in a meeting once a month and you make a decision, but with, with this, you can show people and tell the true stories about the things that go on and what and let people really know. And you've been really good about coming to the city and saying, let me let me show people what is, you know, the give them the information. Let me be the the pedestal that you stand on to tell this right. story. And uh, and I really appreciate that as someone working with the city, um, because it, it's very difficult because we can say all we want. There's a public hearing. There's a uh, the information's on our Facebook page or on our website. But if people don't go, then they're not going to see right. it. Right. And uh, and we want people to have the information. Believe it or not, the government wants you to know. At least the Russellville city government wants you to know what's going on. Trust me, these guys are not Illuminati, and they <laughs> they and and let's clear it up. We've cleared it up with the mayor. Yes or no, and just one word. Do you own a beach house in Maui? No, I All right. don't. And if I did own a beach house, uh, it wouldn't be a beach house. It would be a ski resort in Colorado because <laughs> I'm pale. Only <laughs> a few minutes left here in this podcast. Let's let's shift gears very quickly. You mentioned we mentioned at the very top of the show um, that you and I are. Uh, and I'm probably more diehard than you are uh, West Wing fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I don't listen to the West Wing Weekly podcast I, plug, or um, you know, and I've watched all the seasons on Netflix twice. Um, but um, I'm terrible at remembering quotes, and you and my brother, like you know, there's a lot of people that are like super, you know. I'm I'm yeah Zach um, Nathan's brother who's actually been on um, the the local rundown yeah uh, with Taste of the Valley and he's done a podcast with Rob yeah. I believe he's a real funny dude he, he's a good guy um, we we share a West Wing wing tone even though it's not the same <laughs> one um, uh. I have to ask this question okay who's your favorite character on the West Wing yeah Jeb Bartlett hands down um, 
mostly because he is so iconically presidential. Uh, he, you can see the humanity, like when he gets frustrated about things and when he finally just breaks and says, you know, like, I can't, we can't do it this way. You know, we, you know, or, and he cares enough and he's also like, I'm kind of a jerk. Like, I don't, what? I don't, I don't, <laughs> and, and he, and, and there's a lot of like highbrowness to him. Like he's almost an elitism, but an academic. Kind of, yeah. But from academia, and, but he does care about the quote unquote less than these, less, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I, I want to be that type of a politician, somebody that, that, truly cares but also is calling for a higher form of conversation like let's not get involved in the rhetoric and let's talk about the things that really matter but in a way that get things done in an educated way let's not just talk in platitudes and what we think let's really focus on what we can actually do I think mine would have to be a tie between Leo, who's the chief of staff, yes, yeah. or Josh Lyman. I, and I love both of them, too. But, the, uh, but yeah, I relate more to Josh. Yeah. He's high strung. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he gets himself in trouble a lot. Easily, easily frustrated, generally angry, but cares deeply about what he's doing. Yes. Um, yeah. So. So if he's attempting to try to do something for the betterment of humanity and somebody screws with him, um, he will eat your face. Yeah. So is a. Uh, is Caleb your Donna? No, <laughs> Caleb. You know who Caleb sort of reminds me of. Caleb is um, Toby. Is Toby? <laughs> Caleb is Toby. Caleb is not afraid to tell me when I'm wrong, when he thinks I'm wrong, yeah. and occasionally, if need be, we'll shout to make sure that his point is made. So was Andy Dwyer. He's from the office. Yeah, that's a funny thing, yeah. but. My favorite moment, uh, I've got several moments from this show, and we're going to wrap it up, but I'm going to read a quote that Jeb Bartlett used. He was president, Martin Sheen's character on the West Wing, but this was originally uh, from anthropologist Margaret Mead. Yes. And this will sum up the entire podcast that we have talked about. All right. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Agreed. Agreed. It's the only thing that ever has. It's one of my favorite things. I just want to say one more thing before you... Just this one thing. Just this one thing. Uh, You know, I I believe that here in Russellville, as far as I'm concerned, that my, my main goal, what I want to spend most of my political capital on, however little it is, is bringing industry involved in, in technology to Russellville. And so I would like for you to ask your, your listeners and your, uh, Facebook and your website people, um, you know, what do you think about getting a tech industry company in Russellville? If you think about Arkansas tech, We've got, you know, multiple numbers of engineers graduating from electrical, mechanical and computer based. We have a lot of systems, people coming out of there and we could use the university and economic development and a lot of other avenues, incentives to bring uh, a company like, I don't know. Tesla or Microsoft or, you know, those are big names. But what I'm talking about is some effective uh, everyday employment that we can use here for professional people who've got a degree. So instead of going to Conway, Little Rock, Fayetteville, 
they can stay in Russellville. And I know those things have been talked about before, but I would like to see, is that something that the public would like to have? This is obviously something we cannot just do once. We're going to have to do another several more podcasts because um, we are at um, over an hour already. Yeah, we talk all the time. And we we do this all the time. So um, Alderman uh, and owner uh, or operator, operations manager, the boss, the cheese. Yes. Joshua's fine jewelry. Nathan George, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, sir, very much. I appreciate you letting me do this. We are going to do it again. Be sure to uh, go buy Joshua's fine jewelry. Go like and share the Facebook page. Go ahead and like and share this podcast as well uh, because we've got a lot going on. And by the way, if you uh, are just interested in a community event, you're wanting to go by and do something uh, or uh, bring your kids to something cool, um, check this out. Can't believe this is happening. But tomorrow at Dog Ear Books, I am reading. You are um, for community story time. I'm gonna. We, I think we're gonna bring our daughter there to watch you read. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, my only pressure is I have to learn to read between now and then. Yeah. What's your favorite child's book? Uh, my f- oh man, uh, Hop on Pop. Okay. Good night, moon. Yeah. Where the wild things are. Charlotte's Web. Okay, that's too long though for like a child. Okay, but you have to understand, I was a really weird kid. I know. I mean, I read we, Lord of the Rings at I, age nine. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll have a funny story about a medical book when I was five years old <laughs> that desperately and drastically affected my kindergarten year. <laughs> All right, Nathan George, thanks so much for being with us. Remember, make a difference, not excuses. Give God the praise, honor, and glory. We'll see you back here. Uh, next time.